0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, this is the All 7 Days Podcast where Stan Fields, Trevor Montgomery, take your questions, answer them from from the perspective of a couple of guys having conversations about spiritual matters. Where the Bible gets to define truth in our minds and perspectives, get to conform to that truth, you can ask a question. askitall 7 com is the email address you should send it to, or you can voicemail us. Can somebody voicemail you? You can leave us a voicemail, I guess is the right way to say that, at 864-660-9473. That'll also do a text message if you would rather send it via text. That would be cool. Or you can join the All 7 Days Hangout on Facebook um, and listen to the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. You can get mugs and t-shirts, all7days.com slash shop, anchor.fm slash all7days. At that link, you can become a monthly supporter of the podcast, and we would thank you greatly by sending you some mugs and t-shirts. So we appreciate you guys listening today. Uh, Trevor, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Doing well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool.
0: So I have uh good day at work today? Yeah. You didn't have to bust any heads? Yeah, I mean I wanted to, but I didn't. <laughs> that's a good day. Any day you want to bust <laughs> a, a head day. and you don't bust a head, that's a good day. So I I have uh I've discovered something on Amazon Prime Video that I figure maybe our listeners may or may not be interested in, but I find them fascinating. Pam is not that into into it, right? But uh, I found uh, they have a good collection of musical documentaries. Okay? So what that means is they will take a particular uh, musical artist and do a documentary on that artist. Or they'll take a band and do a documentary on the band. Or they'll take a specific musical uh, place and do a documentary. So, for instance, they've done, I've seen documentaries on the Leonard Skinnerd plane crash, right? I've seen documentaries on Stevie Ray Vaughan. I've seen the Muscle Shoals Recording Studios, the incredible wealth of talent that went through muscle shoals alabama this little wide spot in the road alabama that went there to record (laughs) and and all that kind of stuff so it's just it just it fascinates me and i i'm really enjoying it so if you're into music and want to know some history of some of these um some of these older bands uh check them out they're on amazon prime they're free to watch if you're an amazon prime member and uh, they're pretty cool pretty cool Sounds, of, sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I mean, did you know that the Rolling Stones recorded brown sugar in Muscle Shoals, Alabama?
1: I didn't know there was a recording studio in Muscle Shoals. Oh,
0: yeah, it's, it's hugely famous, hugely famous. Okay, so the Leonard Skinner song, Sweet Home Alabama, right? There's a verse that mm-hmm. says Muscle Shoals has the swampers. Yeah. And they recorded a song or two, right? The Swampers mm-hmm. is the house band that played in those studios. And it's it's three guys, a drummer, a bassist and a guitar player that played the background music of tons of songs that you know and listen to all the time from Aretha Franklin to I mean just any 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 mainstream artist from the 60s, 70s and probably into the 80s. Um, and even, even more currently, I mean, the, the, they're still going. Um, that's, that was the name of that group. They called them the Swampers because of where they lived and, uh, incredible musicians. They could play any style, any genre and incredible. And that's, that's what that yeah, line is sounds, talking about. Sounds
1: pretty impressive Yeah, to do all that I and know. work with so many different artists. Yeah.
0: Incredible. Incredible. So uh, anyway, check that out. I didn't charge any extra for that in the podcast. So,
1: Amazon should send you some money for that plug you just gave. Them.
0: I think so. I don't. I don't necessarily mean to advertise for that, but those documentaries to me are. They, I just, I just love them. I just love them because you know you you learn you learn more about where songs and bands come from and what they were going through and and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You been watching any documentaries lately? Hello.
1: No, I haven't. I'm I actually started reading a book about um, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln.
0: Oh, well, that's cool. Wh- who, who, which, which one is that? Yeah. Which Which book is it?
1: Uh, it's a s- fairly small book. It's just basically called um, "Chasing Lincoln's Killer."
0: That was longer drawn out. Okay. All right. I I read uh, Bill O'Reilly's uh, uh, I didn't
1: want to butcher the name but...
0: Yeah, I read Bill O'Reilly's Killing Lincoln. I thought that was pretty interesting. I am yeah. uh, to, to drop back to last uh, our last podcast where we're talking about getting people encouraging people to come back to church. Right after we recorded mm-hmm. that, I found a book and I'm I'm reading it currently. And I don't I'm not recommending it at this point, but what I've read so far is really good. It's called Analog Church. It's by J Kim. And uh, um, he references a few times Timothy Keller, which did our New City Catechism. And uh, he mm-hmm. talks about, um, well, right here on the front of the book, why we need real people, places, and things in the digital age. This came out in 2020. It's a copyright date on it. Uh, and But it doesn't, so far, he hasn't mentioned the pandemic at all. This seems to have been a book put together before the pandemic came out. And um, it's it's really well thought out so far. Uh, again I'm not totally recommending it yet I haven't, I haven't quite got halfway through it but he's got some really good insights onto why why the church has veered into the direction it's gone in the in the digital age and the digital technology that it's using and why we need to really think about that and reverse some of the trends that we're seeing so anyway Something to think about. Sounds like
1: something we need to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Or read about, you know. Yeah. Um. So, and he talks about some real world examples of people that he's talked to that have gone into churches and and felt like they were at a concert and they just weren't interested. So all of the all of the relevant pieces that we're putting in place in our worship services to try to attract people in is actually driving them away. I
1: think you could tell when people are being authentic and when they're doing too hard. Yeah. Or doing too much. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. That's if they're true. putting a lot of production into the worship and then you hear the preaching get up and it's like
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's your sign. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <clears throat> well, and again, it wasn't the it wasn't the preaching that was turning these people off. It was the big production up front. It was Right. The, the band was too loud. It was a, it was a concert, and they weren't allowed to participate, kind of thing. So anyway, did they have smoke? They had <laughs> the smoke, the lasers, the screens, and all that kind of stuff. So he does a good job of chasing of tracing the the history of those things from from when church first started. It was a stand up event; nobody sat down mm-hmm. till we got hymnals, which you know people could sit and you know, and then they. They would sit. They would open their thing. Then their eyes went down to look at their hymnal. Then we got we got overhead projectors, so we got their eyes back up. And it was so. He, and he traces that to the the digital screen, and how. Then we started putting graphics behind the words, and then it's motion graphics, and then the band playing along with it. And it's yeah, it's amazing. He it, it does a really good job of tracing through all that. So anyway, cool. Analog. Church J Kim, again not recommending it, but it's it's so far it's a very interesting read. So we have a uh, we have a crazy topic to talk about today. Um, thanks to my son Cody who sent in a question, and we'll get to that right after we take this quick break. This is the All Seven Days podcast. Welcome back to the All Seven Days podcast. Dan and Trevor here answering questions, and this one today is from Cody. And I'm thinking about after I answer this one, just disown him i just don't <laughs> i don't know he's just maybe uh he's just maybe sitting. we just ban
1: him from asking questions
0: i know this will this may be his last one we may not even have him on the show anymore because he may want to talk about this <laughs> one some more but here's cody's question and it's a great question it it requires some deep thought so and i've only had a couple of days to think about it and do a little bit of research because when he sent it to me this will, he said this will require some research so uh we're gonna get we're gonna give it a shot so Cody's question is, if certain COVID-19 vaccines made use of cell lines derived from aborted babies, is it right for a Christian to take them? Okay. So that's the question. So I guess we need to, first of all, sort of establish what the biblical stance on abortion is, right? And I don't think, if, if you're in a biblical church, they're going to tell you abortion is a sin I believe and I think it's based on there's no there's no scripture that says abortion is a sin thou shalt not abort your babies but when you look at for instance Psalm 139 uh, for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made Uh this this particular piece of scripture tells me that God is intimately involved with the formation of a child in the womb. Mm-hmm. And for us to get involved in that and try to disrupt it, I I just I just can't see where anyone would say, "Hey, this is a good idea." Okay. Right. Unless you take God out of the picture or you think God just wants you to be happy, right? and therefore this baby would inconvenience me i could you know maybe but if you're if you're really reading your word if you're really in the into the into the, into what god says in his word about your life i just don't see how you can go from there to saying well it's okay and i know there's there's edge cases of you know rape incest Disease child that's not going to make it kind of thing, life of the mother might be, but those are such edge <clears throat> edge cases, we're not really, we're not really talking about those and and we could talk about those because I in my opinion you know, killing an innocent child regardless of the circumstances that it came into the world and regardless of the the potential of its future I don't think it's right for us to take that life right we can take a life in self-defense I think the Bible allows for that. But just to take a life because it's not going to be convenient to take care of this child or because it, it came into being under unfortunate circumstances, I just don't think that's, it's not the child's fault. And there are plenty of loving parents out there waiting to adopt children who would love to take your child. So if that's you, please consider that carefully. Get an ultrasound. Make for make sure everything's okay with you, and then talk to someone who can help you with that. So, uh, but but we're that's not. Let me just set that aside now. Now we're talking about is it okay uh, if COVID nineteen vaccines were made or any vaccine? We're just not going to leave it to COVID, but that's the that's the current vaccine, right? If they're made from the cell lines of derived from aborted babies, is it right for a Christian to take it? So. That's the question before us. So we need to define what a cell line divide, derived from an m- aborted baby is. So uh, let me just, I, I, did, I did do a little research. I have an article here published March 2, 2021 from Nebraska Medicine. And um, they are answering the question, do COVID-19 vaccines contain aborted fetal cells? And this is, the answer is from uh, an infectious disease expert. His name is James Lawler. Okay, he's a doctor, MD. And he says, no, They the COVID-19 vaccines do not contain any aborted fetal cells. However, Pfizer and Moderna did perform confirmation tests to ensure the vaccines work using Fetal cell lines. And Jonathan Johnson used fetal cell lines in vaccine development, confirmation, and production. Okay. So what does that mean? What is a... So he's, he's distinguishing between aborted fetal cells and fetal cell lines. There's a difference. Okay. So an <clears> aborted <throat> fetal cell would be you have an abortion, you take cells from the baby, and you use it in the vaccine. Okay. Okay. But a fetal cell line, apparently, um, what a fetal cell line is, is cells from an aborted baby that have been regenerated over time. So they're not direct cells from the baby, but they are cells that have been regenerated from that aborted fetal tissue to create new cells. And they've been doing this, apparently, for quite a long time. For instance... Um one of the vaccines used fetal line cells and again in research, not it's not in the vaccine, but it's in they used it in their research from a nineteen seventy three elective abortion that took place in the Netherlands. Um so apparently this is a, a, a line of cells that have been, been regenerated since nineteen seventy three. OK, wow. so an abortion took place in 1973. They took some of those cells and they've been regenerating those cells. So there's many generations of cells removed from that abortion now being used to research the effectiveness, basically, of the vaccine. And another one that that a different company used that's from the abortion took place. Oh, where is it? Is in the 80s, I think. So, uh, yeah, 70s and 80s. So, gosh, I wish I could find that number here on the page, but I don't see it. But it's in the 80s. So, once again, the, the vaccine itself, they say, does not contain any aborted fetal cells. But they did use fetal cell lines in their research to determine if the vaccines were effective. Okay. So you're not, and, and that, and I think... Um, so that's Johnson and Johnson uses fetal cell lines in vaccine development, confirmation and production. So I think what that means is, uh, so Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson have used fetal cell, um, lines to confirm that the vaccines work to confirm that they work, which means they still work after they've been in production. Okay? Right. So they're they're using these to, when they develop the vaccine, and they're using them during production to make sure that what they're producing is still working. Okay? So there's not anything in the vaccine itself that contains these cells. All right, so let's just clear that up. So what we're talking about now, if we're talking specifically about COVID-19 vaccines, in the vaccine themselves, you're not being injected with any kind of aborted or fetal cell tissue, fetal cell line tissue in the vaccine itself. But they have been used, the fetal cell line cells have been used in the production of all the vaccines. So now we have the dilemma, right? Is it okay for a Christian to participate in getting the vaccine knowing this information? And let's just twist that a little bit more. For any vaccine that may or may not, I mean, that that has this kind of history behind it. So is it okay for a Christian to get that vaccine? So I've got a couple of different takes on it. If you've got questions, answer them, uh, throw them at me anytime, Trevor. Okay. Anything? I
1: have one, but it, it doesn't have anything to do really with the question. It's more of a science question, and that is why why the use of aborted babies? Like, why can't you use dead people or dead teenagers? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what?
0: That I don't, the, That was my article... first thought is yeah the article says here there's one particular um oh here it is this is the the data i was looking for <clears throat> to make their virus vector vaccine johnson and johnson infects perc6 fetal line cells with uh, adenovirus okay all perc6 cells used to manufacture the Johnson & Johnson vaccine were descended from tissue taken from a 1985 elective abortion that also took place in the Netherlands. They use this cell line because it is a well-studied industry standard for safe and reliable production of viral vector vaccines. So apparently they've been using this particular line of fetal cells or fetal cell line cells It's too many words, words. and I'm not a doctor, but I do play one on radio. Um, Apparently, they use these because uh, they've had a lot of success in developing vaccines using this fetal cell line, okay? So, you know, if you had to go harvest some cells from somewhere else to see if it would work, I mean, there's been a lot of research gone into this particular cell line that they say uh, helps them more accurately make the vaccine. I don't know if that answers your question, but
1: <clears throat>
0: that's why they use that particular line, okay? Gotcha. So, so you know, we're, we're in a dilemma here, really. So, so here's the question. Can Christians see benefit from evil? And yes, I'm calling abortion evil, okay? We're killing an innocent child in the womb. Um, can Christians see benefit from any evil, I'm asking you, Trevor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mean to take the pressure off? I'm going to say. I, I, I'm gonna I say, say yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you have an example?
1: Well, I mean, if we're going off this vaccine, it's saving how many people's lives?
0: That's true. In this particular example, right? But in even, this, bibl- even biblically, what good has come out of evil from the Bible?
1: There's a lot of stories. Um, what, what wasn't Moses abandoned as a kid?
0: Okay, it was, he was. Uh, they were murdered. <laughs> I mean,
1: abandoning your kid is. Kind well, of, I mean, uh... they, why did?
0: But well, why did they do that? Right, Moses was abandoned as a kid. Right. But, but why? Because Pharaoh said, "Kill all the all the uh, right. Israelite kids," and his mom wouldn't do it. She stuck him in a basket, floated him down the Nile, right. So there's an evil situation where definitely God's children or God's people were right. rescued long-term by this, you know, this started this um, this process in place. Can you think of other examples where evil happened in the Bible? Um, let, me, let me give you Jacob, a hint.
1: Jacob's brother? Jacob. Jacob's brothers? What,
0: which, uh, is, uh, J- is it... Is it Jacob and Esau? It's Jacob,
1: right? His, yeah, then his brothers, uh, they basically sold him into slavery. Oh, Joseph. Joseph. Joseph, sorry. Joseph, Joseph. Yes. yes, Yeah, exactly. Sold him into slavery. So, he was imprisoned. And, so,
0: so they sold him into slavery, which was a horrible sin, right? Right. Dumped him in a pit, tore up his coat, lied to his dad. He got eaten by wild animals. Sold him as a slave. Evil number one. He got sent to this guy named Potiphar's house. His, his wife tried to get Joseph to sleep with him. He wouldn't do it. She said that he tried to rape her, evil number two. So he got thrown in prison. And in prison, he sits there for like three years. But in the end, what happens with Joseph, right? He gets, he gets uh, let out of prison to help Pharaoh save his family from famine and all of Egypt, right? He saves the entire country of Egypt from starving to death. So, and then in Genesis chapter 50, when this story comes to a culmination, to a head, Joseph's brothers are back now, and they don't recognize who Joseph is until the end, and they finally know who he is, and now they're scared to death because he's second in command of the country and has every right and authority to have them all killed for what they did to him. Mm -hmm. But he tells them instead, what you meant for evil, God God meant for good. Yep. Okay. So God orchestrated this entire thing. All the evil that happened to Joseph, God did it. Mm-hmm. And now he saved not only the small little band of uh his family but the entire country of so Egypt. Many other people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm not equating abortion to slavery but i mean that's that's both of those are pretty bad things right i I agree but what's the other huge example in the bible of the ultimate evil happening for our ultimate good and just think just just think back a few a couple (laughs) of weekends ago to the celebration (laughs) we just had of what
1: the crucifixion the crucifixion
0: of Jesus. of Jesus was the most evil event that ever occurred and it has done the most good the ultimate good for the people of God right so we can definitely see that there are atrocious things that happen in our world that God can use and orchestrates for our good now am i saying that God orchestrates the abortions from 1970 and 80, whatever, whatever those years were, that led to these fetal cell lines being used today to help with the coronavirus vaccine. Well, he certainly allowed it, right? If God is sovereign and we believe that he is, then we have to say yes, he was involved in this, okay? As evil as it was. To this point in time, it has been allowed to happen, and now these vaccines are being created. and I don't know what other vaccines they, they use those lines for to create other vaccines, but obviously we've been, you know, the world as a whole has eliminated uh, or severely complete not completely, but really controlled a lots of infectious diseases mm-hmm. through these vaccines. So a lot of good has happened. From a couple of really horrific events, okay I agree. so there's that side of it. Um, the other side of it is how informed are most people about these vaccines and are they and, and are they held accountable for those sorts of things? Um, how knowledgeable should we try to keep ourselves when it comes to these sorts of things? and I, I got to be honest with you, I hadn't even thought about this until right. cody raised yeah. the question right uh hadn't it, hadn't even crossed my mind my my mindset was as soon as i get past this next little surgery i've got to have and i recover from that i'm going to get the vaccine because i'm tired of this i'm ready to move on so now he asked right. this question and now i got now i've seriously got to think about it so uh, you know i i think and in his ignorance excuse for the sin i don't i don't know in all cases that's the case either right
1: but here here is a question then if you need to be knowledgeable about your vaccines does that mean you have to research everything that you put in your body to make sure that it was morally See, created that's a
0: great that's a great question and i don't and i think the bible speaks to that as well glad you brought that up okay because yeah, a smart man because Romans 14 is talking about food sacrificed to idols and it's talking about making your brother stumble and whether or not you should eat it. Right? So we don't really have this issue now. We don't we don't eat food sacrificed to idols, at least not that we know of. But the point is the point Paul makes is an idol is nothing. Okay? So if you decide you want to eat that meat, eat that meat. It's okay. But On the other side of that is, you might have a new Christian who has been in idol worship his entire life, and he sees that meat now that he's been brought out of that lifestyle as completely corrupt, and he cannot now in good conscience eat that meat. And he shouldn't eat that meat because if it violates his conscience, he's sinning. Right. Okay? Okay. And he also points the finger at the person who's free to eat the meat, right? And he says, if you eat that meat and it causes your brother to stumble, you're sinning. So we have to be in consideration of each other, right? And again, there's nothing wrong with eating the meat or not eating the meat. It's in our attitude around it. Oh, I'm going to eat that meat. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter to your brother who's just come out of idol worship his entire life and now that that really bothers him and we should be considerate of that and we should try to help the brother mature in his thinking and in his life to understand that what he had been worshiping that entire time was nothing anyway and the meat is just meat because it was sacrificed to an idol really has no bearing on it didn't change anything about the meat it's just meat and you're free to eat it if your conscience doesn't tell you otherwise, right? But if your conscience still bothers you, then by all means don't eat it. We shouldn't try to force him to eat it. We should try to we should stand our you know, point our out our views on it and understand that God has freed us from that. But once again, if he still has an issue with eating it, I think we still have the right to eat it, but we shouldn't eat it in front of him. Right. He he doesn't need to know that we're eating it, right? So, how does this apply to the vaccine, right? I think at this point, I mean, we've we've probably put more vaccines in our bodies than we, you know, as kids growing up, we had to get these vaccines and we had no idea what they were sticking in us. That were probably derived in a very similar fashion as this mm-hmm. vaccine has been, right? and and that's that's both great and both sad, right? That something that has kept us healthy came from such a horrific place. And I can't in in my mind I can't put any binding thing on anyone that says you have to get the vaccine or you can't get the vaccine. I think everyone has to go by their conscience. And mm-hmm. if they if they understand what's in the vaccine and how it was made and how they prove that it worked if that violates your conscience and you can't partake in that vaccine then don't partake in the vaccine don't violate your conscience to take the vaccine to satisfy anybody else right but on the other side of that if you are if you're okay saying that you know this was that that act was done a long time ago and there's nothing we can do to reverse that act Mm -hmm. and now this good has come from it right and i and i think for my health situation it's best for me for my for my health and for my ability to go forward in my christian walk in as healthy a manner as i as i think i need to do it if i think that's okay to take that vaccine I think you have to let your conscience dictate that, right? And right. and it would be in my opinion okay to go take the vaccine if your conscience isn't bothering you. Now, if I know someone whose conscience is bothering them and they don't want to take the vaccine for this reason and I've decided I'm going to go take it, I'm probably just going to go take it and not, you know, is they don't have they don't have to know. If they ask me, I'll be honest, right? Yeah, I, I was okay with it. And I'm sorry that you weren't. But, you know, and we can have that conversation in love and in, you know, and that sort of thing. But go ahead. You, you've you been wanting to say so, something for a minute, and I've been... Well, I'm,
1: I'm listening to you, and, and so I'm reading Romans 14, and I stumbled across uh, verse 22. And it just says, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Mm-hmm. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. Right. So it goes with what you say. If you feel in your, in your mind, in your faith that it's good for you, there's no need for you to judge somebody else if they don't agree with what you. You keep that between you and God.
0: Right. We have essentials in the faith, right? We have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third. I mean, there's things like that in our doctrine that we must agree on if we're gonna fellowship together as christians but i don't, matters like this are not in that essential range they're they're important all right they're important mm-hmm. but they're important to the individual for how they decide to live their life around their convictions right and you know there's nothing that says you know if you if you get this vaccine it's going to keep you out of heaven unless <laughs> unless you violate your conscience and get it. And when you don't, when you don't feel like you should. So we shouldn't right. judge anyone who says, I just can't get it for these reasons. And again, they shouldn't judge us for saying, you know, I think it's okay, but we shouldn't either side be belligerent about it because it is a matter of our conscience at this point. I think, uh, I could be completely wrong about any of this, but this is just where I'm coming from. Biblically, what I see, um, you know that god does use evil things for our good and his glory and if we believe that you know this could be one of those instances and for our own health to glorify him in our in our bodies going forward that we should take this vaccine then we should be able to do that in a clear conscience on the other hand if i believe that if i took this vaccine and it was not glorifying to god because of what process went through to create this vaccine then i should be able to say i'm just not taking it for those reasons and that should be okay too so cody the answer is i don't know <laughs>
1: so, so then i have a, a question for you and the, question, this could be the answer so, is yes
0: and no the answer is yes and yes no sorry no.
1: <laughs> so here's a question for All you right. we could probably talk about it later or whatnot um so you talk about God using evil mm-hmm. for good things. Yep. Do you think that's why he allowed evil to begin? Like in the garden of Eden?
0: Well, evil started long before then, even. They you know, okay. Lucifer rebelled in heaven and was cast to earth. That was, right. you know, that's where But that's he
1: But God essentially allowed it, correct?
0: He absolutely did, yeah.
1: So do you think that's why... There was
0: no plan B with God in all of this, right? Right. There was... The end from the beginning was planned when God said, let there be. Right? Hmm. And, you know, so everything that's happened throughout the course of time, God is in control of it. So now why God does things the way he does them, I have i can't go there because i don't have his mind because there were you know there would certainly i would certainly do things differently but i think the ultimate the ultimate purpose of everything is god's glory right Mm -hmm. the heavens declare the glory of god whatever you do whether eat drink whatever do all to the glory of god our purpose is to glorify god now How glorifying can we be to God if everything in our life was perfect? We could glorify God. We could be thankful. We could be thankful. But more than likely, we would become prideful because, hey, look how great my life is going, right? Look at my new car. Look at my new house. Look at my bank account. Look at Look at my great kids, look at my great grandkids, look at whatever, you know, look at my whatever that I've got that God has blessed me with, right? You know, we, we would always tag that on. God's blessed me so much, you know. But how much more glorifying to God is if you lose it all and you say, you know what, I don't need any of it because I am satisfied in God. How much more glorifying to God is that? Mm-hmm. Than for him to give us our every whim and desire, right? Yeah.
1: You so, don't need God as much if you have everything.
0: Well, in we, my, we in my opinion, well, we need Him as much. We just don't realize it, right? We start to get prideful, right. thinking, "Hey, look what I've done!" right? Look what yeah. I've done to build, you know, build my wealth, or to, you know, look at my new boat. Kind of stuff. <laughs> you know we show off, it what we do is we show off our stuff we don't show off god right right hey come look at my new car you know uh that's that's where we go right so mm-hmm. i agree
1: yeah. i agree
0: anyway and i'm I just not wanted to ask that question yeah yeah the old why does evil exist question so anyway, hopefully that's helpful yeah that's and, basically uh, what it is yeah so hopefully that's helpful, and check out that, you know, the, I, think the, I think the Nebraska Medicine uh, article did a really good job. And let me read their last paragraph on their article, and then we'll close this thing out. It says, none of the COVID-19 vaccines in development use fatal, fetal cells taken from recent abortions. We understand this topic is very sensitive and important within communities of faith. We want everyone to feel like they're making a fully informed decision We encourage anyone with concerns about the use of fetal cell lines in vaccine development to weigh the risks and benefits of the COVID-19 vaccines with their doctor and have a personal conversation with a faith leader. I thought that was excellently put. Um, You know, don't don't just go into this uninformed. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your pastor. Come to a decision and trust God in the results and be okay with it whichever yeah. whichever whichever side you land on i think it's okay all right cool
1: i was I, i'm impressed with that statement there you i usually don't get something like that
0: that's very true very true all right well thanks everyone for listening today we appreciate that very much more than you know and uh if you could uh share the podcast with someone else let them know uh what we're doing here and see if they might be interested in listening along with you you can send questions in ask or question, send question in at ask at all7days.com. Uh, 864-660-9473. Leave us a voicemail or text. And join the All 7 Days Hangout on Facebook. As I said, let others know. Leave us a review on iTunes and support us. All7days.com slash shop or anchor.fm slash all7days. This is the All 7 Days Podcast, where the goal is to make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go give someone what you value most today.